And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Mr. Roderick Davis. Rod, thank you for being on the show, sir. How are you doing this morning? I'm pretty good, bro. How you been? I've been doing pretty good, man. How's your week been? It was good. I mean, um, you know, life happens, but overall, I can't say it was good. <laughs> okay, I feel that. So, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself for the folks at home? Yes, man. Um, I am, of course, Roderick Davis. Um, I was born and raised in Shaw, Mississippi. Um, I am the eldest of seven. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm the only child, but no, six six others beneath me. Um, I currently work for Jackson State University, the I love. Um, I'm currently pursuing my doctorate um, of higher education from the University of Southern Mississippi. I like to chill, talk smack all the time, um, hang out with my family and friends, you know, just being me. Yeah. No, I feel that, man. So, what's some call? You mentioned a little bit about, like, that you get your doctorate in higher education. So, I kind of want to talk to you about that a little bit. I know that, like, you're this kind of student affairs professional and, like, being a residential life director and being a student advisor. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, working in housing has been an experience. Um, it can sometimes be challenging. But for the most part, it's, like, mostly, like, how I the impact that I have on the people that look and sound like me. Um, I, I had a cultural shock coming here. You know, I went to Mississippi State University and and the PWIs and the HBCUs do things totally different. It was crazy how I had our own, my own cultural shock for my own people, like how we operate and, and how we think and, and how we move is crazy. But the overall experience has been great. Um, you know, advising African-American male students can, can be challenging sometimes, too, because we, we some knuckleheads. We do and think how we want, and when we fall short, that's when we come and seek help. But for my students, I try to tell them, man, you know, just be intentional of your interaction with people and, and, and know your, your crowd. Know what you want to do. Have a plan. Write that plan down and follow through with that plan and and the, and the worst thing to do is to um graduate college and not have a plan what, what you're gonna do you going back home to your mama um do you have a job to go home to are you are you apartment searching like don't waste four to five years of college and then you it's all gone when you graduate because you got to go back home and you don't have a plan like, yeah that's what we're here for we're here to help you but a lot of them they just don't want to listen but you do have some that utilize those resources that we give them. I mean, overall, it's it's great to see our African Americans, you know, graduating and and actually coming to attend college. But what I can say, um, this culture shift with HBCUs is is for is good. It's it's going great. Yeah. So like, you, I, there's a lot to kind of unpack there, especially like one with the culture shock and then mentoring and things of that nature. But, like, what got you into, like, work, wanting to work in student affairs and residential life? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. My ass was in school trying to be a doctor and, <laughs> and failed them damn classes. And that's what happened. I'm like, man, I'm more involved on campus. 
bumped his degree, man. I want. I had a mentor. He was um, the director of uh, office. He's actually the one that introduced me to student affairs. And I was like, man, I want your job. You don't know, like you do nothing. <laughs> you make all the money. <laughs> he was like, you thought about student affairs. I'm like, I ain't never heard of it. No, I, I just want your job. And from there, it went from I want this job to now he's like one of the biggest mentors that I have. I call him for everything. He always tell me um, a, a Sigma, an Alpha, I always need a Sigma. I was like, man, don't chill out. I, I don't want to hear all that. I just need what's in your brain. I need to know what you know so that I know what to do when it comes to my professional career. Yeah. But my overall goal, bro, honestly, I want to be a VP. So housing is just my first stop. So mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's going to be up from here. Yeah. No, I understand that. I just... You know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that, like, you were more engaged in, like, the social life and things of that nature. So, like, let's kind of, like, unpack that a little bit. You talk about um, as far as with the students that you have now that you're really making sure that whenever they come to college and they're getting ready to leave that they have a plan. Like, if you were to look back whenever you were in college, as you were saying, you were more interested into, like, the social aspect of it, like – when did that plan kind of start shifting for you that you were like, hey, this is something that I actually want to do? I know you mentioned a little bit around, like, your mentor and showing you those things, but when did it actually click for you? My, the end of my junior year going into my senior year, it's like I knew that I was not going to be a doctor. I didn't know that I was going to have a, a, a pursue a doctor degree but I just knew after my junior year, it was over with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one class, bro. I took that class four times. I wasted a whole year. If you look at, if you do the math and add up the numbers, mm-hmm. I took class four times and I took another class three times. That's a whole academic school year that I wasted trying to pursue that degree. Um, if I had had a plan and if I just knew straight ahead, straight on that what I wanted to do, I think it would have been easier. But it was too late, and I was afraid. I was in. I was afraid of embarrassment because I was Rod Davis. It, you know, Mississippi State. A lot of people knew who I was, and I didn't want to have that sense of embarrassment and shame, and say that I was the one that was advocating for students to be successful, but there I was failing as a student. And I was a student leader. So I didn't think those two lined with each other, but aligned with each other. But what I should have done, I should have just sought help. Um, but I did it on my own. And I think that's what a lot of students um, fail at. They're embarrassed. Even our biggest student leaders on campus always make mistakes. Um, they don't want it to be publicly known. But we as professionals and them as students have to understand that we are there to make sure that they succeed as college students. And, and failure in college is not like a life sentence in prison. Yeah, um, You can get multiple chances in college. So we just have to teach our students that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, whenever you're in a just any kind of phase in your life, right, like any kind of mistake feels like it's the end of the world. 
Like whether yep. it's like you're in college, whether it's your first job or even at, in the you're in the middle of your career. And so it's just like, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit as far as just like your undergraduate experience. Cause like you just said, you had the fullest experience. You were not only just a student yourself, but you were a student leader. You were very engaged with many different activities on campus. And it's just like, people knew who you were. And so it's just like, what, what lessons do you kind of take away from that? Because, you know, overall, it got you to be where you are today, which is not in a bad place at all. You know, like you just said, you're getting your doctorate degree. You have this whole mission and things of that nature. But like, what would you say would be some of the most biggest growing points that you found in yourself through going through some of those things? Um, the biggest part is honestly being yourself, man. Of course, you 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 never stop. You'll never stop growing. You'll never stop learning. I honestly, I wanted, I needed someone that I could talk to. Honestly, when I got to college, I'm at a school that's bigger than my hometown. You know, in my hometown, everybody knows everybody. We know who everybody business who died. It's everything. It's a small town. So when I got to this big place, it's like damn. How am I going to rebrand myself? Like, I'm an adult now. All that stuff that I did in high school, that stuff no longer matters. So I had to find friends, and I had to re redo a whole bunch of stuff. But honestly, it, I didn't really start it. I really started to know who I was when I started to meet people who had similar interests as I did, mm-hmm. who, uh, who I can talk to, who I can trust. Now, that's a big thing in college. Who you can trust because you don't want to have to be able to to tell someone something like damn i gotta sleep on the sea am i gonna hear it again tomorrow but i've always learned when you have issues um i grew up in a household with four women women don't understand the struggle that some men go through you know you have the women that's oh i'm a strong black woman i raised this strong black man but sometimes you don't know everything that this strong black man is going through mentally, um, physically, emotionally. Now, you might see that something is wrong, but sometimes he don't know how to express to you what the actual problem is because he don't want to be judged based on, you know, his response towards you. So I had to find, I had a good friend, Bianca. Um, honestly, that's how I, uh, I met you. Um, I would tell her everything, like, I would be upset, you know, she was like, well, Rod, you just you just want to be appreciated. I was like, I know I do so much for people. And it's like I get nothing in return. And I think that's what has molded and shaped me to become the person that I am today. Um, I would give someone the clothes off my back. And and now I, I have an expectation that, Rod, this is who you are. You don't you don't always have to expect things back because you do something great for someone else. Because I know that my blessing gonna come at the end. Be it me getting going through education. Um, education is my escape. Um, education is what I think will will help bring people out of poverty. Um, we, people talk about, well, what about student loans? I'm like, bro, you know how to invest in your education, invest in yourself, learn the system, mm-hmm. do what everybody else do, invest. Know know how it works. Hey, if I'm in a certain area for a certain amount of years, they're gonna pay my stuff off. Um, do your research. Know what you're supposed to do. But it was people like you, for example. Um, I could trust you with everything. I needed 
at least one person that would like hear me out to understand how I move and operate. And, and, and that's why I'm very appreciative of our, um, of our brotherhood and our friendship. But I don't know, students just have to understand, bro. They, they need their outlet. They need someone that they can talk to when they're, when they're stressing going through, because at the end of the day, um, they're there for themselves and they are there to, to evolve as a person, as a student. But holding that stuff in can be deadly in the near future or whenever that time comes when they crash, it can get bad. So you need that help before the time, you know, before it gets too late. Yeah, no, you you touched on a lot of good things, especially like this whole concept around like having community and like having how you build that is just by finding people that you can initially trust and like even going through that process in itself. I think it's... um really interesting where you talk about like um going into uh, from high school into college that you felt like you had to rebrand yourself um and like through just your whole matriculation of school you realize that it's just you know you are who you are you're a nice individual you you um love to be compassionate towards others and that what gives you peace is like being helpful to others and not necessarily expecting anything in return because that's just who you are in your nature. Like Mm -hmm. what was that, that like for you and trying to find that peace and being able to say like, this is exactly who I am and I'm at peace with that. Um, honestly trying to make sure that no one take it, takes advantage of me. Um, I can be as hard as I am and, you know, I can talk some, talk smack. I'd be ready to, you know, nigga, we, we will fight. But, um, I had to understand that, um, not to let people take advantage of me. And that's the hardest part because, it, it, well, you know, but other people don't know that I can be very, I'm very emotional. Um, I hate to see people fail. I, I, I do not like to see people struggle. Um, I don't like to see people lose things. I'm, if I cannot, I can, I don't like to use the word hate or I can disagree with you on a lot of stuff, but I do not like to see you fail. And when I see someone, you know, that's really trying in life and, and they don't really have the resources or tools, I can become very emotionally attached to them. Um, which can sometimes I have learned can be very stressful um, because once I become emotionally attached to someone, it, it, it's hard for me to let them go. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, one thing that I, I really like that I want to touch on a little bit is you mentioned as far as education being your escape and like um, from a mission perspective of doing like mission driven work, you know, it sounds like to you, it's just like, education for you was that um catalyst or it was that transporter that took you from where you started from to where you are now and you're grateful for that experience and like you just mentioned like you don't like seeing people to fail so like what i'm curious about is you know you have this goal in higher education you're getting your doctorate in it and so like what started that passion towards saying this is how i want to give back to the world Honestly, to, to go deeper into that, it was because of a missing parent. 
um, I didn't find out my who my biological father was, <laughs> and a lot of people don't, or nobody knows this, but uh, my immediate family, I didn't find out my biological father was until I was 25. So I grew up all my life, you know, I, I had people around me. That's that's why I love family. I had people around me that that gave, you know, that was always kept me busy. So, and I always thought like, well, if I could do something great, if I could do something big, you know, I would get the recognition of my father. But it came some at one point where I just really didn't, I didn't care. Um, my mom did a great job raising me. My auntie did an awesome job raising me. My grandmother did an outstanding job. My first cousin, she does great helping me. Um, they like to sound spoiled, but I don't like to sound spoiled. Mm-hmm. But those four women has paved and they've done an awesome job with me. But education was my way of, of, of learning, seeing things different. Um, it was like an escape. It's where I found my peace. And crazy part, um, the church is also where I, I, I started off. Um, my godmother, when she passed um, from COVID, God rest her soul, um, Sarah Bailey, she was, she played a huge part of my success as far as being involved in church, um, speaking out, um, education, um, you know, you have those women, it's like, well, damn, I can't go to college. They also kept me sane in college because I'm like, if I do something crazy, I know I'm going to have to go home and I'm going to have to hear from these folks. And I ain't, I didn't want to do that. I was not about to be embarrassed. They were not about to call me out. So I tried to stay under the radar. I ain't do nothing too crazy. Well, yeah, they just now found out when I used to fight, when I used to go to the club, and they was like, you what? I'm like, look, look, now I'm grown. Um, but that education for me is, it brought me out of where I was raised. Um, here I was in an apartment with Granny, and we had everybody in there, mama, cats, and dogs living with us, and I didn't agree with it, but I wasn't the one paying the bills in the house, so there was nothing that I could say. But I said, when I left, um, for college, I told them I was not coming back. And I didn't. I didn't come back. Once my mama them dropped me off, I, I didn't come back. I made it my goal to make sure that I get as much knowledge as I possibly could that was going to pay for the lifestyle that I wanted to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So that education piece for me was my way out. I don't like to say I was brought up in the hood. Because where I'm from is not the hood. Everybody want to claim the hood. I'm, it was an apartment complex, but it definitely wasn't the hood. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. And, you know, so I'm interested. So, like, you mentioned, like, you're doing something, like, as far as having that missing parent and, like, doing something great for that particular approval. And then also as far as education being that um, way for you to get out of whatever your current situation was or your previous situation rather, and also being able to use it to afford like the lifestyle that you want to live. Like, I'm curious, like what exactly is that, that goal that you're shooting for? And like, how do you feel like um, 
getting your your doctorate in higher education is going to take you towards there? Um, I want to be able to be comfortable when I get older. Um, I have watched my mom um, sometimes struggle financially. And the biggest challenge that I see is she has so much knowledge. She has, you know, tried to pursue so many, you know, degrees and, 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 and trades and trainings. And, and it's just like it has never been successful. And I don't know if it's that she needs a push to just actually go out and do it. But I've seen her done so much. And it's like, I don't say I help assist take care of them, but I do some kind of way financially help them. Um, I don't want to be a hindrance to their success because they always know that they can call me and ask me for stuff. And I'm going to say no, but I'm going to eventually give it to them because I don't want to see them struggle. So I just want to have be comfortable. Um, I do believe in generational wealth. Um, I want to do investments. Um, be getting a realtor. Like I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do after I get my doctor degree. I'm, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go into real estate. Um, it's always just different things to do. And I think, well, I love money. Um, I, um, I don't want to say I go crazy over money, but Hey, I, I don't mind working. Like now I, I have a um, part-time job at the university of Mississippi medical center. Um, it's just all about me managing my time and how I like to operate day to day, but it's that being able to take care of my family, being able to go where I want to go. Being able to eat what I want to eat because I, I love to eat and I have a very expensive taste when I go places or, or, or even if I'm eating locally, um, I just want to be comfortable and I want to do that through education. Um, I honestly think this doctorate will allow me to sit at tables that I'm not allowed to even knock on the door at. Um, this doctorate will also open up doors for my siblings to let them know, hey, if my big brother can go out, we, we can have the same struggle. If, if, if I can use his brain and utilize his tools and resources and, and, and cross those bridges that, and you know, that he's built, hey, I can do it. And, and it's, that's all it is. It's all, if I see someone else that's um, successful and if I know what he or she has done to, to be successful, why not follow their blueprint? Um, why not utilize their map but also create your own pathways that it may be a little easier than those that they have, uh, you know, that they've crossed. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. Well, one, I want to mention to your godmother that you mentioned earlier, condolences to that and, you know, hope the best for you and your family. But like one thing that I want to to mention a little bit there is it sounds like to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when it comes to pursuing your degree in higher education, like you said beforehand, you had a mentor who was like, hey, this is someone that I can particularly look up to and I can see myself being in um, their shoes but it's like your whole experience around education in itself it has been very transformative whether it was in high school and like all the accolades that you achieved then or going into college and like building upon the persona and the personality that you are today and like even like everything beyond that you've seen this to be something to get you to the point of your particular goals and it's like you want to share those experiences that you've gained and the benefits that you've gained from education and pass that on 
So it's like, why not shoot for the best to be an example of what is achievable? Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Okay. So let me ask you this then. So like you talked a little bit around like the culture shock of going from a PWI to a HBCU. And you talked a little bit around like some of the, the doors that, um, that might not be available to you, but will be available once you get your doctorate. What are, what do some of those doors look like from a PWI or HB to a HBCU perspective? Honestly, it's all about resources. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, resources. Um, some institutions have more than others. Um, but also, it's about changing the mindset of those who are in charge of these institutions. Um, what we fail to understand is that, and I want to say we fail to understand because we know our people, but we are some brilliant people. I don't want to curse, but we're some brilliant, we're some brilliant motherfuckers, bro. Like, <laughs> I hate to use that word, but that's the word that came to my mind of all words. But black people are, man, we, we have it. But we just have to understand that sometimes we have to set aside our personal differences and our personal beliefs to help these students. Um, when I came here, of course, I work at Jackson State. I had to learn the institution. I had to learn. I had to see how stuff worked. So much stuff happened while I was here. All the scandals and this happened with this and all of this and this. But at the end of the day, this HBCU could be the best in the nation. Not saying, you know, they claim that it's the best in the nation and I'm not going to bash the institution, but it's so, they have so much potential. Mm-hmm. And that's the word that I'm I'm tired of, and that's the word that that needs to be faded away out of their thoughts. But well, we have potential to do this. We have potential to be great. Why not be great? Why not utilize your African American sisters and brothers who have that experience from other institutions to make the current institution great? Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, it's all about well, I did this. My name on this. My name. Need to go on this building. No. At the end of the day, your name just going to be named out to the building. That's it. What kind of policies are you bringing? What kind of changes are you implementing? What kind of legacies are you leaving as far as building up the students? And I had a conversation um, like two or three days ago with the student. And I had to get him to understand that. I said, "Um, sir, you are in charge of this school. You are the student. Um, if we didn't have you, we wouldn't operate. If I didn't have students, I wouldn't have a job. You have to voice your right, your opinion. If you if you have a problem with administration, policies, gather up a group of students, get with your SGA, and, and y'all f- found out you know how to improve the institution. Um, of course, we all know we on social media they talk about HBCU housing, financial aid being a line loan. You know, if you're having this problem as a student, you are together, all of your peers together. Let's protest. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to bring a bad name to our institution because of 
you know, we, we're already HBCUs and we're struggling as institutions. We don't want to bring a bad name. I said, you're not exposing the institution. You are exposing the people at the institution. Yeah. Meaning that you're tired. You won't change. You see where there's a need for change. And as a student, I'm going to advocate for other students to jump on board so that we can make this change. There's nothing wrong with doing it. Um, you're not necessarily bashing the institution, but you letting the professor, the professionals know, hey, I have a voice here, and, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna voice it by um, making sure that you guys ensure that I'm successful as a student. So we have to get back to that. But I also think COVID has robbed a lot of our students from their experiences. Um, they don't have that spirit of actually being in school anymore because everything is online. And you have our sophomores and, and freshmen who don't know how to be a college student because all they know is doing stuff online. Everything is virtual. Um, I'm limited to, you know, just my residence halls or going to the cab. There is not a really big experience of being a college student. So as a professional, we are charged to change that experience. Um, we are charged to, to do research to ensure that our students are successful. And with that being, um, with them being successful, it increases the retention rate. Um, it makes our enrollment increases. Um, for example, and I know I'm pretty lengthy with this. Um, think no, about Deion Sanders when he came and, and how excited the student body was. But then you had COVID at here. So it's like, ah, we all, he's not going to be here for, he's just going to be here for a year. But look at how he's, he has come to, to Jackson State, has has shift the culture of athletics. And I think that's how it should be for academic affairs as well as student affairs. A, a, a shift change needs to occur in order for everybody to be on the same page, to work together, to understand that I'm not doing this for myself, but I'm doing it for the students. I think we should all have that prime time mentality. It's not about me. It's about the students. Yeah. So, one thing I really like, um, like, thank you for that response. One thing that I really liked is that that culmination of like um, essentially creating that cultural shift, because that's really important. Right. Like you mentioned a little bit around like HBCUs and like this kind of evolution that HBCUs have to endure, because, you know, regardless of. Um, what type of institution it is, whether it's a HBCU, PWI, or any other type of institution, at the end of the day, like, the game has changed, right? Like, COVID has shook up um, a lot of different things in a lot of different industries. And so one of the things that I'm curious about is, like, what does that shift kind of look like from your perspective? Because it's like you mentioned a little bit around, like, resources and, like, um, as far as that's being like the biggest gap between like PWIs and HBCUs and how those resources are utilized. But then it's also a accumulation of the people who are from that institution as well and how they give back. So my question to you is, you know, you're in a pretty unique experience, right? Like, yeah, you're in residential life right now at Jackson State and like you have um, goals of getting to other areas of student affairs. But it's like um, you also have um, experience at working at residential life at like Mississippi State, working in residential life at Bellhaven and or Bellhaven University. And so, like, how have you taken those experiences 
and tried to shift the culture at Jackson State, um, just even for your little small community of your students that were, are within your dorm, or even some of the advisor groups that you serve, or some of the student groups that you serve as an advisor for? I have tried to combine those, the tools that I've learned at, from State and Bellhaven. Um, I tried to create, well, I didn't try, I did. I created um, a program module for our students, you know, so they could stay on track being with the RA program. Oh, it's a lot to unpack of some things that I've implemented here and, and try to make sure that they have. Um, I want the students to have a resource room, um, meaning when, they, when it comes to programming and events, completing bulletin boards, that they can have a safe space as an RA to go to, to communicate, figure out, you know, brain pick off each other ideas to know what programs or events they think will be successful when serving their communities. Um, I've tried to shift um, how we interact with each other to let, let us know that, hey, it's a safe space. Um, any student can come to me about anything. Um, try not to be too personal with students because today's student would think that you're their friend. Um, you have to keep that, you have to keep that professional peace in there at all times because some of our students can be very manipulative. Um, they could come in as, I call them, there's some great actors. We, we have a lot of Oscars, um, great nominees for Oscars and Academy Awards because some of our students can, can fool us. If you don't if you don't see their behavior, they'll fool you. But what I have to understand and, and what I realize is you cannot, you have to judge the behavior of the student and not the character of the student. Mm. Two totally different things. Um, oh, that was good. <laughs> um, but working with, with, with these students and understanding the... Um, that the resources that I have, I've tried to give it to them, but it's actually up to the people who are in charge of me to implement those changes. Mm -hmm. um, again, you have students who, you have people who are in the field that's always about I, 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 what I have done. But it's not all about what I've done. It's about what I've done to make sure that our students are successful. So um, I have, I'm going back to I, um, when I was at the apartment complex um, at the Palisades, where it's University Point, but everybody knows that the Palisades apartment, um, I had to rebuild relationships with campus partners. It's simple stuff to make sure that everyone in there in the in the space have cable, you know, calling expanded and making sure our students get new stuff. There's no reason as to why you're giving us the old leftovers. No, no, I'm not used to that. And I think that's where my experiences from Mississippi State and Belhaven come in. Like, no, you're going to give our students the top-notch stuff. I want all new um, cable boxes. Everything that hooks up to HDMI, I, I need it. I need the latest box. We're paying for the service, so why not give us, you know, the best that you have? Um, even, with, even with helping assist putting new washer units in each um, apartment. It, it's it's the small things that we take for granted mm -hmm. that we don't understand. You know that we we use every day, but those people who don't look or sound like us may try to give us the the tore up stuff, the stuff that's at the bottom of the barrel. But no, we want what everybody else have, and, and we're not gonna settle for it until we get it. 
So it's just changing the mindsets of our students and making sure that they utilize those resources that we provide for them. Yeah, no. And I, I like that a lot, how you talked about, you know, creating that safe space for the students, not only for giving them a space to, you know, be collaborative and create for their own community, but also creating that safe space with the resources that they have. So like, as you mentioned beforehand, when you were working at the Palisades, that as a, as the, the coordinator for that particular building or those particular buildings, you wanted to make sure that you wanted to be the advocate for them, make sure that they have the new TV boxes, make sure that the washers and dryers work. These little things that really and truthfully can impact the and experience for students. And so like, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to this, like this concept of getting your doctorate degree. Like, um, if you don't mind, what, um, what is kind of like your research focus or um, like kind of attention that you're focusing on with your degree? Because I think you have a wealth of experience of, you know, being that advocate, giving back, um, all those different kind of things. Um, how are you taking that into your degree so that ultimately whenever you have it, you're able to give back um, to the populations that you serve? Honestly, with it being my first semester in my doctor program, I'm not sure, but I know it will be geared towards um, the African-American male experience. Mm. Now, in what particular area am I going to do my research in? I have no clue. I, I, I can't lie to you on that, brother, But because it's so much to unpack when it comes to... Um, the black male in education, I'm really not sure what particular area I'm going to focus on. So whenever I get back, whenever I get to it, you know, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to call you. <laughs> no, nah, man, I really appreciate that. Especially like, um, you know, I think that's a big focus in itself. Just that African-American male experience. I think, you know, one of the things that we talked a lot about here is like, just who you are as a person, right? Like, as you mentioned beforehand, you grew up with your humble beginnings, um, didn't necessarily have all the resources, but for what you did have, you were appreciative of it. And then you took that same thing and took that into college and was like, you came from a community where, you know, people showed you love. Like you had those four strong women in your life that all provided like the foundation that you needed to be the man that you are today. And so when you were in college, you wanted to make sure that you had a good core set of community of individuals so that, you know, whenever you build upon from whatever you want to do with your career, you're able to have that community or have that foundation to not necessarily fall back on, but to like uh, build with and be able to communicate with like you talked about with Bianca. And so, man, it. It really makes a lot of sense to me that what you want to focus your research on to be on the African-American experience, because your whole life has been true to who you are and giving people the best that you have and just building them from there. So I can only imagine the kind of work that you're going to do with your doctorate degree. Thanks, bro. It's, it's fun. It's been it's been cool. Um, I just had to write a research paper on, um, I did a topic on student engagement and um, being one of the factors that affects um, retention. And I had to do a presentation on it. And 
as I was presenting, it just brought back so many memories of my why. Mm. And it brought back memories of, you know, how I have been this, you know, being in this field for like, what, six years, how I have so much to grow and in, in, in my different mistakes that I made um, as far as reaching out and being intentional with interacting with students. So it's a lot to learn. Um, I had to also understand that I can't make the million dollars right now. You know, <laughs> yeah, I have to wait. Um, I have to, the, the waiting period is the most, you don't know what you expect in your wait period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I have been waiting a long time, you know, to, 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 to do stuff outside of my current institution. Um, and I think it's, I don't like to say it's time to go, but I, I say it's time to grow, meaning that you have done all that you can do at, at, at a certain place. Um, there's too much. There's not too much you can do that you think that's going to be impactful to our students as well as institution. So you just have to um, build yourself up. You have to have your own craft and know when it's time to grow and know when it's time to, you know, have a positive impact somewhere else. Yeah. No, man, it makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, thank you for being on the show today, man. I have a, a few more questions that I have, just my lightning questions that I do on every single episode. So I'm going to ask you these, and then I'm going to let you get on for the rest of your day. How's that sound? Yes, sir. I have to, you know, go to this East Egg huh? <laughs> it sounds good. Um, what's your favorite relaxation or self-care activity? The gym. Nice. I love it. What's your best book recommendation? Ooh. So I do have a book about Gen Z. Now, that book is good, man. That book is really good. But how students think and, and with this new generation, yeah, it's really good. I, I definitely recommend that book. <laughs> All right. I love that. And one person you want to thank for your journey thus far? Um, I would like to thank, his name is... Well, he's a doctor and he's about to graduate. Dr. Cedric Gathens. Um, thank you, man. Um, we joke a lot, a lot of times, but you don't know how much I appreciate you and all you've done for me as far as my educational journey and how I can call on you for anything. And you're going to keep it a book with me each time. Yeah, man. Well, that sounds good. So thank you for being on the show, sir. Um, I really appreciate you and I hope you have a great rest of your day. I mean. Alright. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.